At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, May 26, 2023, and it is the Memorial Day weekend. It just started, and so everybody will have Monday off, almost everybody anyways, and I love three-day weekends. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here today on this radio program and podcast to help you make financial decisions, stock market decisions, portfolio strategy decisions, 401k decisions, anything I can help you with as far as managing your uh, financial future and financial present, I suppose, is what I'm here for. I will give you unbiased, straight answers to any of your questions. There are no hidden agendas here on Invest Talk. And, you know, the business of investing in the stock market requires that we look forward, not backward. Everybody has been looking backward, I think, for so many years, looking back and saying, you know, that's what worked so well, so that's what's going to work in the future. Not necessarily, and probably not. I'm going to say is not. One reason is because we have a vastly different in background in our economic environment, and that's interest rates. Then you add in that and that inflation, which higher interest rates are trying to fight, right? That's way, way, way different than it has been the last 10, 15, 20 years. So that means things will operate differently. That's what I mean by looking forward, not backwards. Of course, this is a call-in show, and your questions are always solicited. The number is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278, and you can call right now. We're live Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 p.m. on West Coast time, okay? My focus point today, can you you recession-proof your portfolio? Can you recession-proof your portfolio? So we'll have to talk about it a little bit in detail because recession-proofing something, well, I wish the market was that clear. But there are things you can do, and one thing in particular you can do that works pretty decently in a recession. We're not in a recession yet, but if we're going to go to one, and many, many, many experts think we are, it's, it's worrying me a little bit. Because I thought we were too, but as I continue to read everybody else's opinion thinking we are, when everybody thinks something, that tends not to be true. So it kind of worries me a little bit that maybe we won't have a recession. I still think we are, but that's the problem. (laughs) Okay? And, you know, so that's that's our main focus point today. I also have uh, some other points. I want to talk about the S&P 500 and its 10 largest stocks. Everybody thinks the market is up. Well, the S&P is up for the year, so the market's up. Wrong. You take out the 10 largest, well, we'll get into it. Also, 
Morgan Stanley thinks the market will fall later in the year. And this is their, their, uh, their chief strategist. Also, strong consumer spending and slowing inflation will put the Fed back on its raising interest rates or continue to keep the Fed on its raising interest rates ways. So we got. I would like to touch base with that. And do you know what it takes for a stock to be delisted from the NASDAQ exchange or, for that matter, the New York exchange? Be delisted from it. Well, Nikolai, the auto company, Nikolai, uh, auto truck, uh, electric hydrogen vehicle thing, they're in danger of being delisted. Stock was 65, what, a year or two ago. Now it's under a dollar. We'll talk about that a little bit. Market was up strongly today, which is very unusual for before a three-day holiday weekend. Markets generally don't rise too much before, and many times people take profits before the weekend. But the Dow was up 329 points, and NASDAQ was up 278 points, and the S&P was up 54 points. So it was a very decent day for the market. But I would lo- I'm going to point out later on the show more details, point out why the market is up and many stocks are not. Anyways, so those are that's, that's our agenda today, everybody. Hopefully we can get to it all. And, of course, I want to talk about uh, uh, Roth IRAs and Qualcomm's because those are voice paint questions that came in. So we hopefully can get to that. But first, let's go talk to Gene in North Carolina. Hi, Gene. How you doing? Hey, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. With, with all this recent talk now about uh, the, the federal government not being able to pay their bills and what's going to happen, I wonder if you could shed some light on something that happened maybe about 20 years ago. I think there were two different events mm-hmm. in California. One was in Orange County near where you are. Right. Wasn't there a time that Orange County, they went, they made bankrupt. bad investments or something? They went, went bankrupt. bankrupt? Went bankrupt, yes. And, and, and then there was another event, I believe it was another event, where the state of, North, uh, the state of California was una- unable to pay the bills for a while, and they had to issue IOUs. Can you shed some light on both those events? Well, I can guarantee you that Orange County did file bankruptcy, even though Orange County, California, is one of the wealthiest counties in the nation, and still is. And even then, it was super wealthy. What happened? Stupid uh, management by money, by by our treasury, you know, the Orange County Treasury. Stupid, stupid management. He got fired or was booted after that. Um, but it's surprisingly, surprisingly, the market didn't react to either one of those events too negatively. Because California is also very wealthy, quote-unquote very wealthy. I don't know if everybody knows this, but... Cities, counties, states all have to balance their budget every year. If they don't balance their budget every year, they're technically in default and can't pay their bills. Unlike unlike the federal government, which can go into as much debt as it wants, and we've seen that record-breaking debt now. So what happened was all they had, you know, everybody in Orange County, all the bondholders within a year were all made good and were paid back their, uh, paid their money for all the bonds and with their interests. I don't know if they got, 
you know, anything other than that. But everybody got all their money in the state, in the county, and in the state. And the people, the the uh, the investors felt that that was going to happen anyway. So it didn't really impact impact too much the markets in Orange County or California. Now, I will say this, for the federal government, if they don't pay their bills and they go, everybody's still going to believe that they will. The market might act very poorly for a few days, but do you remember the last time they they missed the the deadline uh, for the federal government, and uh, they ran out of money and couldn't pay all their bills. And for several days, the market really didn't like it. And that made the government, both sides, get together and come up with a balance, come up with a, uh, a, a budget. And if that happens again, that's what will happen. But I have a feeling it won't happen. But we'll see. Gene, thanks for the call. And I, thanks for reminding me. I forgot about Orange County going bankrupt, but I was here and I remember that. We're going to take a quick break, everybody. Please remember that you can call anytime and leave your questions on the Invest Talk Voice Bank anytime you want. Or if you're listening live right now or st- via streaming or on AM 1220 out of the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, you can call right now, 888 99Chart. The KPP Premium Newsletter won't guarantee your success, but it can help you become a smarter investor. And here's good news. From now through Memorial Day, each new subscriber to the KPP Premium Newsletter will get a free copy of Steve Peasley's book, Above Average Investing for the Average Investor. That's right. You listen to Steve and Justin on InvestTalk, And now, for a limited time, you can receive a free copy of Steve Peasley's book. When you subscribe to the weekly KPP Premium Newsletter, you'll get an up-to-date analysis of current market conditions, two stock ideas that Steve and Justin think you might want to watch, and tips on how to properly manage your portfolio assets. Learn more and subscribe now at kppfinancial.com. And please be sure to tell your friends and family members. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy, discipline, and the right information. That means you'll have finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley is ready to provide his unbiased answers. So don't forget to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. Hey, this is James from Georgia. I was uh, calling, asking about ticker symbol QCOM. That's Qualcomm. It's trading right now for $102. It's a large cap value stock and the information technology. They're in the semiconductors and semiconductor equipment. And I was curious, your analysis, if this is a stock that I wanted to take a position with, could you please advise? We'd love the show. Thanks. Qualcomm's a great company. I remember when it came public in the late 1990s or mid-1990s. I remember that it came public. And I remember my mentor, Jerry Klein, buying the stock in the late 1990s. And it was just explosive to the outside. Qualcomm, Q-C-O-M, designs CDMA and DMA based ICs 
and system software used in wireless handset, modem cards, and networks. As a matter of fact, Qualcomm was a pioneer in, in, in the explosion of uh, cell phones because they designed, and well, many, many designs, they have many patents designed to allow billions and millions of uh, lines to be active through the airwaves and not get confused with each other. Okay, so Qualcomm was a great stock. Now, now it's just a big blue chip company, $122 billion in size, $123 billion, um, and it pays 2.9% dividend. Uh, it's about a 15 PE looking forward, so it's not the greatest, you know, as far as bargain out there. The range is 8 to 38 on the PE range. Return on equity is very good at 102%. Management owns 1%. Mutual funds are just maintaining their positions here. They own about 41% of the company. Uh, one thing I like about Qualcomm, they spend quite a bit on R&D, research and development. 18.5% of their budget is on research and de- in research and development, and that is a pretty good price. One thing I don't like about it, it only pays a 2.9% dividend, which I think is kind of low. I think the dividend is low. Uh, so it's a great company to buy when the market is weak, okay? Uh, but you're not going to get a lot of growth out of the company. They're already dominant, so it's hard to get much growth. But I do like Qualcomm. It's a very solid company, very solid. It's fallen from 180 down to today. It had a great day, but it was about 102, uh, and that's been a recent low. Uh, today it was up. Uh, now it's $110.35. Um, this might be a good buy point. I would feel more comfortable if it was around, I'm going to say around 90. And I would be, I would not be anxious. I'd be patient if to get into it. Here's a reminder. Now is especially a good time to subscribe to the KPP premium newsletter. From now through Memorial Day, each new subscriber will get a free copy of my book, Steve Peasley's book. Okay, and the book title, it's a it's a beginner's book, Above Average Investing for the Average Investor. So it's not, you know, it's for it's for the beginner, not for uh, uh, someone who's been around a long time and knows all there is to know about stock markets because you didn't, it wouldn't help you. But I wrote it some time ago, and all the rules and regs that are in there that I <laughs> apply to the market are still valid today. Okay, so... This is from now through Memorial Day, and each new subscriber will get a free copy. Okay? Free copy. So, why don't you subscribe to KPP Newsletter? I'm, and later on in the show, I'm going to give you some uh, excerpts from it, and I think, you know, I do that every Friday. We're headed into a break. Justin Klein and I are happy to play recorded voice bank questions, but we really, really would love to take your live questions and we can do that now we can do that every day four to five pacific time monday through friday our number never changes this is invest talk 888-99-CHART invest talk is all about above average investing for the average investor and the question is during the market downturn do dividends stay fairly steady? Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for a long term. Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. What's your question? You're the best person to ask it. 888-99-CHART. 
Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Carl in Oceanside. Hi, Carl. Hello. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm planning to invest, put some money into the 20-year bond, TLT. I'm wondering when the Fed raises the interest rate, then TLT will go down? Yes. Yes. Okay, let's talk about it a second, though. It, this is TLT is an ETF. It's not an actual bond. It's an exchange-traded fund that holds U.S. Treasury 20-year or longer bonds. Okay, so it's an, an ETF, exchange-traded fund. And uh, when interest rates go up, bonds go down in value. So when interest rates go up, this has gone down. Now, this fell the hardest almost back in August, uh, let's see, uh, October of a year ago, bottomed at 91, then went up to 108, and then kind of just hung around between 99 and 100, and now it's at 101. Now, the Fed is likely to raise interest rates a quarter point next month. But I think the Fed is getting very close to being done with raising interest rates. So if they're done with raising interest rates, the next move will most likely be to lower interest rates. It might be a year or two from now. But when they start lowering interest rates, this could easily go back to 120. Easy. Okay, remember, it's at 101 now. That'd be, what, a 19% return in a year or two. And for a bond fund, I think that's pretty good. The question is, do you think the interest rates are going to go down more? How many more times is the Federal Reserve going to I mean, go up, keep raising rates? How many more times do you think they'll keep raising their rates? I think they're getting pretty close to being done. So in that case, if you feel that they're done, this would be a good investment, a good investment. Because not only will you get the yield, now the yield is what, 3%? Yeah. 3%, but you'll also get some capital appreciation if interest rates go down. I just don't think they're ready to lower them yet. But they might be in a few months, might be in a year from now they will. I'm pretty sure they'll lower them, I'm pretty sure. So then it would be a good investment. Carl, thank you for the call. Good point. TLT is the symbol, everybody. My focus point looks at the story behind can you recession-proof your portfolio, and that ties right into Carl's call. Okay, the the question and answers being asked on this article that I'm referring to uh, deals with well, you know, what can you do in a recession to protect your portfolio? And the one conclusion after you read the article and all the questions and answers is that what you can do. In a recession where the market is under a downward pressure is by high-quality bonds. And that's what TLT is, treasury bonds, even though the article is referring to high-quality corporate bonds, which will probably have a bigger upside potential. And there is an ETF that is high-quality corporate bonds. I just don't remember off the top of my head. I don't remember the symbol. But just go in and say, symbol for exchange traded fund, quality corporate bonds, and you'll find it. It's there. It will easily come up for you. So, uh, so I mean, 
the article refers to, you know, you're going to have, the, you know, if we're going into recession, the market will be under pressure beforehand. Okay. And so far, we haven't seen a lot of pressure. But I don't know if everybody knows this, but when you read the headlines of the S&P 500 had a, you know, has had a pretty decent year so far, there's only been 10 stocks that has driven it up because those 10 stocks are massive, massive market caps. We'll talk about one, Apple. $3 trillion? What's the, what's the capital market cap of Apple, AAPL? Let's find out. $2.7 trillion dominates the S&P 500. And it's market-weighted, the S&P 500 index is market-weighted. So the bigger the companies, the more impact they have on the index. You take out those 10 stocks, the other 490 stocks out there, on average, are down for the year. Not down a lot, just a little bit, but down. So you got to understand what you're dealing with. You know, what if those big tech stocks collapsed? They will drive the S&P index down tremendously more than the overall market because they're, again, market-weighted. So this article is talking about, well, you can avoid that market if it does fall, which I think it will, but I don't know. I don't think it's going to collapse. Uh, but if it does fall, um, you can you know, help offset that fall by buying quality corporate bonds. Quality corporate bonds. Why? Well, because generally when the market falls and the economy starts to go into recession, what does the Fed do? They lower interest rates. They've been raising them to fight inflation, but when, when the economy starts falling apart, the economy starts falling apart, they're going to lower rates. And that means bond values go up. So not only do you get the yield, whatever they're paying in interest, you'll get capital appreciation too. The stock market would close on Monday, everybody, for Memorial Day holiday. So we prepared an all-new Best of Color Questions show for you. You can download that podcast for free at investtalk.com. For now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thank you. 
Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99 Chart. Hey, Steve Justin. I have a question about a Roth IRA account. If I would, would I open it, I put a thousand in for the first five years, each year a thousand. At the end of five years, would I be able to pull out the, the full 5,000 or just that first thousand initial, I guess, deposit? So I know you got to wait five years. I don't know if the account has to be open five years or the money that you had put in, do you have to wait five years to pull that out? Hope you understand the question. Thank you. Well, what he's referring to, everybody, is a Roth is different than a regular IRA. You are uh, you are uh, able to withdraw the original investment in a Roth IRA without a tax penalty because you put it in after taxes. The money was already taxed. So, but there are a waiting period, and I believe it is five years, but I'm not an expert in this area. That's why you have accountants. You need to talk to your accountant. So you could... Theory, in theory, take out all 5,000, but he's saying, but the last, the only one that's been there for five years is the first thousand. So can I only take a thousand after five years out or can I take all more, all the 5,000 out because it's in a Roth? And I, I want to say that once the Roth is opened, you, you should be, I think you're able to pull out all the five, all $5,000. It's just got to be open five years before you can start the withdrawal process. But, again, I'm not positive without that answer. I'm hesitant to even give it out, but I think that's how it works. Okay? Roths are different uh, than IRAs. A regular IRA, you're putting it in pre-tax. That's why you're not allowed to take it out until you reach retirement age. You're not allowed to touch it at all. But a Roth, you can take out your original investment after a certain period of time, and I believe it is five years. Because you've already paid taxes on that money. You can't take out the gain that you've had in those five years, but you can t- until retirement, but you can take out the original investment. Okay? Always on Friday, I give you a quick rundown on some of the basic numbers. The two-year Treasury yield is at 4.562, four and a half, a little more than 4.5%. That's pretty good. It was 4.26 last week, so it jumped up nicely. Four weeks ago, it was 4%. Okay, so that's what we're dealing with. You know, if you want to go way back, 74 weeks ago, it was 0.64%. That's how fast the Federal Reserve has raised rates. 10-year Treasury, 3.68%. Okay, so... I'm, I'm sorry, 3.81. Last week, 3.68. 3.81 for a 10-year treasury. So that's called an inversion. When the long, long bond pays less in yield than the short bond, that's an inverted yield curve. That's abnormal. Normally, the longer the maturity dates of the bonds, the more money you get, the more yield you get out of the bond. But when it's inverted between the 2-year and the 10-year treasury, it it generally signals a a, a a recession on the horizon. Horizon. How far on the horizon? We don't know. And this has been inverted for well over a year now. An inverted yield curve. So it tells you that 
most of us, when we see this, because we've been around a long time, see it as a a, a demarcation of uh, good economic times to bad economic times. But we haven't seen that yet. We Even though last year, you do realize two out of the four quarters last year were two of them were in a row, I think it was second and third quarter, shrinkage of GDP, and we were technically in a recession then. Just didn't feel like it because a lot of everything else was looking pretty good. Gold prices, gold prices, okay, uh, $1,943 per ounce. Last week it was 1981, so it went down for the week. Uh, uh, a little over a year ago it was $1,800 an ounce, so it's up a little bit, but it didn't do much at all last year. Really did not. Silver, $23.23, $23.23 per ounce. Last week was $23.84. So precious metals went down. I'll give you an example. I mean, if you go all the way back a little over a year ago, uh, 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 silver was trading at $23.94. Remember, it's $23.23 now. So in a little over a year, it's gone down in value, not up. Because the dollar got stronger because the Fed was raising rates. The dollar got stronger. Gold goes down in value compared to the dollar. It's all related, everybody. Oil, $72.36 a barrel, which I think is fairly low. Last week was $71.37 a barrel. A little over a year ago, it was $66.67 a barrel. Hardly has gone up at all, but that belies the fact that it was like nine, almost a hundred, got over a hundred dollars a barrel. Uh, when um, oh, probably about a year ago, it was a hundred dollars, one hundred thirteen dollars, I think, was the top. But now it's back down to seventy-two. A reason why inflation, main reason, one of the main reasons why inflation has fallen, was the oil. Okay. Not because of everything else. Look at your groceries. You cannot tell me that groceries are oh, about what they were a year ago. Heck no. They're way higher than that. Butter, milk, flour. I think my wife was telling me uh, you know, she buys 50-pound bags of flour at a time because she bakes a lot of cookies. Um, not for me, by the way. <laughs> but she does. Um, and she says it's almost doubled in the last year plus in price. Doubled. That's 100% inflation, everybody. Okay, uh, go, gasoline. $4.82 here in California. That's the average, but I pay. I just want, got gas this afternoon. I was $5 a gallon. In Colorado, $3.45. I was in Texas a couple, three weeks ago, and it was three nineteen a gallon. Mm. I'll tell you what. <laughs> National average is three dollars and fifty-seven cents. So, you know, don't move to California if you think you get away with paying cheap gas. And you think you go go ahead and buy an electric car and tell uh, and see how much electricity costs, <laughs> or water your lawn. See how much get wa- plain old water costs in California. It's natural, everything is expensive in California. Not even counting housing. So, this is the way it is. Come up in a few minutes, I'll have the highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. But first, let's squeeze in a quick caller question. 888-99-CHART. 
Hi, this is Daniel from Galveston, Texas. Uh, just calling about the stock ticker Fox Corporation, F-O-X-A. Wanted to know your opinion on this one and a good entry point. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, this is in the media diversified area. It's Fox, F-O-X-A, engaged in the news, sports, entertainment, con- uh, content for distribution. Um, they said they're going to re-this a year ago, they said they're going to repurchase $2 billion worth of common stock. It's a $16 billion company, so that's a pretty big repurchase. They've made money. They've made money pretty, pretty consistently. Uh, this this year, they're going to make $3.36 would be the most they've ever made. Well, no, take that back. 2018, they made $3.45 a share. Next year, it's going to be three ten per share. Okay? So the question is, they pay a 1.6% dividend. The return equity is pretty good at 14%. And, you know, it's a $31.40 stock. And therefore, it's a 10 PE going forward. And its five-year range is 9 to 18. So it's at the very low end of its range. So, you know, it, I'm not keen on these kinds of media uh, media industry as far as stocks are concerned. I think it's it's just a difficult industry to invest in from the stock market point of view. But, you know, the numbers look pretty decent, and it's a pretty reasonable price. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I just can't, I, I can't recommend it because I don't like the industry. Okay? The KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today, and it will be distributed to subscribers tomorrow morning, as it does on every Saturday. So the first section, there's like four sections, everybody. The first section is called the market condition sections section. And I talk about the S&P 500 was set to finish the week flat, but I think today kind of changed that a little bit after, remember it retraced midday, midweek. Okay, so now it might have, might be up a little bit from today's big move up. It has been the case for the best part of a year, it's been kind of, not doing very well. The index is positive, but I told you why at the beginning of the show. Uh, the week's rally off the lows was primarily driven by semiconductors and companies with exposure to artificial intelligence. Had a lot of articles about that this week. Uh, the new Wall Street darling is artificial intelligence stocks. Now, with a handful of stocks led the positive charge, the performance of traditional names continued to signal economic slowdown on the corporate side. At the as the recent run up would suggest, not everyone is bullish on the market. Hedge funds and asset managers have the highest net short position on the SP five hundred in the past twelve years. Short meaning they expect the market to go down. Short positions mean the experts, asset manager, hedge funds have the highest short position, meaning they expect the market to go down. They can make money if it does the highest position in the last 12 years. Consumer spending figures in April came in hotter than expected as a primary driver of GDP growth, but it looks like the U.S. is heading towards a likely mild recession. Of course, there's a lot more commentary and detail in the newsletter, everybody, but that's how we think. We And, of course, you, if you want listen to the show, you should, you're not surprised we think this way because we tell you. One thing that Justin and I do, we tell people how we feel, how we think, and we're honest about it. You know, we don't 
there's no nothing we're trying to you know make cover up or not give you the information i think that's so wrong i hate when there's teasers that they're going to tell you here's the 10 best stocks to buy right now i don't do any of that we don't do that we try to be as frank, perfectly frank as possible we give you a couple of stock ideas and there's a two stock ideas section in the newsletter one of the stocks is one of the most recognized and beloved global brands with a rich history spanning over a century. The company established a strong and loyal customer base. This brand recognition provides a competitive advantage. Branding is very important out there, branding. The company is currently yields a 3% dividend. This is a great stock to have in your watch list. We believe an attractive entry point is around the mid-50s. The other one is the largest retailer in the world. It has a vast network of stores and strong e-commerce presence. The company sure scale and market dominance provide it with significant economics, economies, economies of scale and purchase power. It currently trades at, the, uh, at multiples that are a little rich right now. We would like to see it trade below the 130s before we would consider it. Of course, we give you names in the newsletter. I can't give you names on the air. Because the SEC does not, will not allow a money manager, person who manages money, to make recommendations out of uh, uh, out of you know just out of just make them in the airwaves, because we don't know our customers, quote unquote customers. We can only make because we don't know what it was good for you as our customers. Even though you're not a customer, you're out there in the public airways. The people who can tell you what stocks to buy and what ETS and mutual the people who tell you that over the airwaves don't manage money. They don't manage the money because the SEC wouldn't allow them to do that. If they did it, they'd get in big trouble. So, of course, the newsletter gives you much more information. The KPP Premium Newsletter, you subscribe to it. It comes out every, Friday, every Saturday. We, we write it every week. And, you know, you can subscribe to it by going to investtalk.com. You can learn more there. Investtalk.com. Investtalk is two T's in the middle there. Investtalk, no space, dot com. Let's go to Sammy in San Francisco. Who wants to talk about PayPal. Um, thanks, Steve, for taking my calls. Thank uh, you. I would like to get your views on PayPal. What do you think would be a good entry point? Well, it's pretty darn inexpensive. It's trading at below 13 PE, and the fiber range is 14 to 79. So it's really at a discount value from its fundamentals. It doesn't pay a dividend. Return equity is 23%. Management owns 1%. And mutual funds are steady. They're not Last year, they have not been added or, or selling. Um, and... Um, they still have sales growth. The most recent quarter sales growth was 9%, never been below 7% in per quarter and uh, in the last year, and it's been as high as 19%. So the stock is pretty undervalued. It's a $67 billion company. PayPal has, uh, I think they have the Square. Uh, oh, they have Venmo. And then they have Venmo, not Square. Venmo, don't they? Uh, that's that's their their technology. I, I kind of like it. I mean, the earnings are going to be up 20% this year, up another 15% next year. So it's going to be $5.59 next year per share. And it's a $60 stock. So that's pretty inexpensive. 
or PayPal. Now, the stock has been under pressure, downward, still in a downward trend. You might want to wait till it turns sideways or turns up a little bit before you take the shot. Uh, they had some bad news three days ago, three or four days ago, and it was about earnings. So I'd be very careful at this point. But I do think it's one you need, to, you need to on your watch list. It looks pretty strong, Sammy, on a fundamental basis. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, everybody. I mention every day to help you achieve financial freedom. Freedom is what you want, financial freedom. And our work will continue after this break. Get your questions in, 888-99-CHART. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. 888-99-CHART, everybody. We're going to go talk to Bill in Northern California. Hi, Bill. Hey, Steve. Good afternoon. Yeah, um, you too. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I bought this stock, Newmont Mining. Uh, they have something uh, acquisition that they got recently, but I, could you uh, give me your insights into you know the recent uh, fairly abrupt downturn? I don't own any presently. I I, stole, I own some from last fall when it was uh-huh. down around this point, and sold it up around fifty bucks. And uh, I'm just wondering your your overall opinion on the company and what you think. As an investment, and also it has decent dividend with this low of a price, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, three point nine percent. Going to be about four percent after today. Uh, produce this is Newmont Mining, NEM. Everybody Pr- uh, produces gold in the U.S., Australia, Canada, Ghana, Peru, Suriname, Mexico, Argentina, and the Dominican Republic. Thirty-two billion dollar company, so it's fairly large. Uh, sales are going down only because the price is not. Uh, the price of gold and silver, precious metals, is not going up and went down a little bit. Uh, they're going to make $2.68 next year. It's a $40 stock. So it's not cheap. Um, it isn't not cheap, but the forward PE is around 17, and the five-year range is 15 to 50, so it's fairly cheap. Um, they don't have a lot of debt, which is great. You Mining companies generally have lots of debt, but they don't. Managed owns 1%. Mutual funds have been slowly selling off in the year, in the last year. They were at $80 not that long ago, March of last year. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they're going to go back to $80. The reason why I think it's went under pressure the last couple of days is there, there's some, uh, uh, there's, there, there, one of their mines is facing a probe for as dust pollution. And that seemed to, I guess that's the only thing I could see that might have a little pressure on the downward side. Um, but other than that, I, I think I like it. Um, I like I like where it is. I, uh, gold and silver hasn't really done that much, but I do like the commodities area of the market uh, because it's usually inexpensive. That's one of the most inexpensive areas of market. If the dollar weakens... This should go up, but it should have went up when inflation was sky high, and it didn't. 
So usually gold goes up in that. So I'm, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little confused at why it's not. But I still like it. NEM, Newmont Mining. Bill, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I really do. Um, Morgan Stanley thinks market will fall later in the year. Now we're already what we're what May going to be June here shortly. I mean, uh, they he feels that uh, this is their their equity strategist. Okay, um, their head equity strategist. He says the bear market is continuing, and he doesn't see any really bullish because he same thing I was talking about. Only a very narrow. Not a broad market rise in SP 500. It's very narrow, and he sees not a lot of hope for earnings and the economic, uh, and the economy has still has a lot of uncertainties going forward. So he sees no reason for the market to be optimistic. Okay, investors. Okay, strong consumer spending and slowing inflation puts the Federal, Federal Reserve in a pretty tough spot because inflation has come off its highs, but there's a lot of spending, too, by the consumers. And remember, they drive the economy. 66% to 70% of the economy is consumer spending. But I believe the Fed's going to be raising rates in June. Another quarter percent, I'm pretty sure. A lot of us, a lot of us experts are, I don't know if I want to call myself an expert, market pundits, I guess I could call myself that, believe that the Fed's going to continue raising rates, and I do think that's going to happen. So just just prepare yourself for that. I think the market already thinks that's going to happen, too. Right now what's driving the market is what's happening with the debt ceiling talks. And there was good news on that front. That's why the market did well today. Or good, I don't know if good news, but good rumors, let's put it that way. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You can get your downloads anytime, as we've said many, many, many times, from iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And if you do get a download from the iTunes, please rate us and review us, and then ask your question right there, and we'll answer it right away. We promise. The stock market will be closed on Monday. That's Memorial Day holiday, everybody. So have a great three-day weekend. There will be best-of-caller questions on Monday, so there will still be a good show. And my engineer, Jorge, says it's a really good one. So I hope you will download it and listen to it. It's all free. This is InvestTalk. Enjoy your holiday weekend. InvestTalk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, It's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president, and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial.